Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and unfortunately, Cindy's not going to be joining us this morning. She uh, got, uh, I guess, what you would call the devil red-eye flight coming in last night, and unfortunately, uh, it was just a little bit uh, too early, actually early this morning, that she uh, was able to get in, uh, finally, uh, back home. So uh, she won't be joining us this morning on the show, and next week, uh, she's going to be flying again on Tuesday, so... Uh, she won't be here for that week either. So you're stuck with me, as they say, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I'll try to do my best to muddle through the show. But I've got a great show for you this morning. We've got two great guests uh, joining us this morning. First up is Allison Emery. She is a Symmetra Tour graduate, and she'll be heading to the LBJ Tour uh, in 2022. We're going to talk to her about that. And then a little bit later on, we'll be joined uh, once again by a very special guest, Val Patrick. Uh, she's an LBJ uh, class A golf professional, and she'll be joining us uh, back for a second time to uh, continue the conversation. But let me tell you a little bit about Allison, and then I will bring her on the show, and we'll uh, start the uh, the Women of Golf show. Uh, Allison started playing golf at age five. Uh, some of her hobbies include reading, tennis, and of course playing pool. Uh, she earned a Symmetra Tour victory this year at the IOA Golf Classic, uh, and in a nutshell, in 2021, she played 20 events, made 15 cuts and recorded six top ten finishes, including her victory at the Iowa Golf Classic. And she finishes eighth on the race for the card, uh, earning, as I mentioned, her LPJ Tour membership for the 2022 season. So please welcome my very special guest this morning, Allison Emery. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. All right. Well, congratulations once again. I know we talked for a moment off air, uh, but congratulations on not only the win, um, but finishing in the top 10 uh, to earn your card to go to the LPJ next season. You were just telling me about that you were grateful you didn't have to go through the Q series, which uh, stage two is going on right now. So um, first off, tell us a little bit about your season. Give us an idea of a recap, if you wouldn't mind, of your 2021 season. How did it go overall? Are you happy with how you played? And uh, tell us a little bit about your win as well. Yeah, um, you know, it was just kind of a roller coaster of a season. Didn't start off all that great. And um, I think the IOA was maybe the fifth or sixth event of the season and ended up winning mm-hmm. there in a playoff, um, made like a 45, 50-foot putt to win. Um, wow. And then after that, everything just kind of took off. And um, it was stressful coming down the last couple tournaments because I felt like, 
everybody in the top 15 or 20 on the money list was playing so well. And so you just, you felt like every week you had to, to be at the top. Um, but it's just, it, it's just surreal how it finished um, for so long. I tried not to focus on the money list and my actual results and just mm-hmm. focus on playing golf. And so to actually be able to yep. sit back and, and realize it happened is pretty cool. Well, and, and, you know, the interesting thing, too, um, is that even if you win, it's not necessarily a guarantee uh, that you're going to get the card. For instance, um, one of the other young ladies that was on our show here recently didn't have any wins this season, and she still managed to have enough top 10 finishes uh, and get high enough up in the money list that she ended up getting uh, her card anyway. So, um, it doesn't necessarily take a win to get there. So it's very unsure, you know, at times what you have to do and that. And, and just to comment on something that you said about coming into the end of the season, you know, it's very, very stressful. You know, for a lot of people that are trying to pivot to get into that top 10, um, uh, would you agree that everybody really had to step up their game just to make sure they were going to make it within that, uh, that level? Oh, definitely. Um, just the the level of competition that's on the Symmetra Tour right now is very deep. Um, and so that is mm-hmm. why even if you win, you might not finish in the top ten because there's so many players that are consistently playing well. And if you have right. one or two second-place finishes, you're making as much as or more of what somebody won if you have two second-place finishes. So, so that's how somebody who not necessarily – wins gets into the top 10 or if they come in second in one of the higher purses. A lot of it um, mm-hmm. sometimes has to do with what tournaments you do play well in because the purses are different. And um, for instance, right. the tour championship is a $250,000 purse, whereas some tournaments are 150. So that makes a big right. difference. Yeah, exactly. So you, you really have to, uh, again, um, you know, you really have to keep your game solid throughout the season. And it, it can be challenging at times because, uh, again, you could have a win, but if it's in one of the lower purse events, that's still no guarantee uh, that you're going to be in that top 10. And you get somebody that, you know, maybe finishes in the top five consistently throughout the, the events, uh, may even actually rank higher than you, uh, you know, come the end mm-hmm. of the season. So, uh, again, it just depends on, on uh you know, the, the level of play and, and so forth. But so let me ask you, um, as you look back on this season, what part of your game really held solid through the season for you? Um, so this year I actually started working with um, a sports psychologist, and I think that really helped. You know, at this level everybody can hit the ball well, and everybody can mm-hmm. can have rounds where they're making a lot of putts. But to consistently have a good mental outlook, um, I, I vividly remember I had a session um, with him, and it, there were three or four events left. I was in the, I was think seven or eight on the money list, and he said, "You know, you've done what you've had to do to be in the top ten. Other players are going to have to right. do more than what they've done to play in." Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? He's right, and that that put my mind at ease, knowing I just have to do what. I've continued to do all year. 
And um, right. so, so definitely that aspect. I always thought I had a good mental game, but when you get to the professional level, it, it has to be just as sharp as every other part of your game because you're playing week in and week out, and there's just so many instances where you're up and you're down and you're, you know, you might make five birdies in a row and you need to think, okay, I need to make one more. You have to keep keep it going. Or yep. you have a rough start and you have to be able to turn it around very quickly. So um, I've really focused on that and I'll continue to work on that this off season. Yeah, and, and that's a really important point because, you know, as we, Cindy and I uh, have mentioned so many times on our program, it's amazing how many of you girls have come on the show over the years. We've been doing this now. Um, this is next year is going to be our ninth season for doing the show, but um, we've had probably for the last five, maybe even six years, uh, we've been featuring a lot of the winners from the Symmetra Tour each week. And, um, you know, and, and it's just sometimes they'll come to us and they'll say, you know what, I'm hitting the ball really well. I'm playing really well. But for some reason, I'm just not having fun. I'm not, you know, nothing's, nothing seems to be coming together. You know, it doesn't matter how far I hit the ball or how accurate I am. The putts are just not going in. And it's really their mental game that seems to, mm-hmm. um, you know, show its, its weak areas, and, which is good. I mean, it's good to know where that weak area is. Um, but there's been a few that we've had on over the years that have actually said, you know what, I was literally this close to just, you know, packing it in, chucking the clubs in the pond and doing something different and something, you know, and and I don't know, did you have a moment like that, uh, you know, in your professional career where you just said, you know what, I'm, I'm doing everything I can do. And it's just, I don't know, it's just not happening right yet. Was there ever a moment like that that you had? And if you did, what did you do to turn it around? Um, definitely. I mean, I feel like everybody at this level has had a moment like that uh, when you're just <laughs> you're trying so hard and nothing is clicking. <laughs> um, but you know, I just I felt like I didn't want to go out like that. I wanted to right you know see it through and see. I, I still felt like I had better golf ahead of me, um, and so you know, I just really tried to push through. And sometimes, almost giving up that feeling of trying so hard is more freeing and saying, you know what, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to go out and enjoy the Mm -hmm. day and and enjoy walking the golf course because that's what I get to do every day, which um, is pretty cool. So it's really hard to get past some of those moments, but um, I I think everybody has dealt with that in some way or another. You – I mentioned when I was reading out uh, a little bit about you before you came on, you started playing golf very young. You were roughly around five years old when you started uh, you know, picking up a club. Um, who introduced you to the game? And what was the defining moment for you that said, yeah, this is what I want to do? Um, so I feel like I've had a long journey with golf. Um, I started playing at five, like you said, and my dad plays, and he plays every weekend and once or twice during the week after work. Um, So I've just always been around it. Um, And when I started, it was just something fun we would go out and do, and my older sister played at the time. So we would go out and Mm -hmm. play nine holes and then go get dinner afterwards. And he he always says that whenever we kind of stopped um, having to focus, to play, we would play a hole where 
you'd have to get the ball in the fastest. So we'd be sprinting down the fairway, right. running and hitting, and, and <laughs> just fun games like that. So I, I didn't start seriously um, playing until I was probably 10 or 12. And then I started playing in little local tournaments here and there um, and, and realized I had a natural ability for it, and I, I loved the competition mm-hmm. side of it. Um, so then I, I realized I wanted to play in college. And I kind of always thought in the back of my mind I would play professionally, but it, it really wasn't until after my sophomore year where um, and realized this is what I want to do. I, I don't want to do anything else. So I, I feel like I probably decided a little bit later than most people, but I, I kind of always knew it was coming. I just had to wake mm. up and actually put it into action. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's good. And I always – I'm a firm believer, it doesn't matter what you do, I think the introduction to the game is what's really important. And the fact that your dad did that for, obviously, you and your, your older sister um, gave you the opportunity to think about it. I mean, you may not have come to this level. You may, you know, played once or twice and said, man, this is not for me. I'm going to do something different. But golf, unlike so many other games or sports out there, um, most people are not introduced at a very young age uh, unless they've got somebody in the family that plays like you did. And I was the same mm-hmm. way. I was very young when I uh, first took up the game. So having said that, particularly for women, because I think right now they're, and you probably don't realize this, but you know, of course we're going through this lovely pandemic. Um, but in 2020, right in the thick of things, there were 400,000 new female golfers to the sport. That's a big number. Wow. Um, that is. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and that's from the National Golf Foundation. So, you know, and most of them are younger, uh, in, in probably in your category, maybe a little bit younger as well. And there's certainly some older uh, women golfers as well coming in. But um, so it, it's, it's starting to take root. So having said that, if you were speaking to a group of young women – who maybe didn't have the same advantage as you did of being introduced to it at an early age, what would you say to them? What would the conversation be as you're talking to them to introduce them to the game? What would you say to them um, to, to encourage them to at least get out and, and try it? I think what I see week after week in pro is people just taking golf so seriously. And it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And for a beginner golfer, it's hard to go out and swing and miss or hit it five yards. But if you just relax and not take it so seriously, I think that a lot of people would enjoy the game a lot more, and then, therefore, they'd go out and play more or practice. Um, But especially with younger junior players, I just see the parents and the kids are so serious about getting good fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at, at nine years old, you're just lucky to be able to have enough strength to swing the club. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give you any swing advice at that age. Um, and, and I think that's what my parents did for me that I didn't even realize until I was in high school or older is that they never put pressure on me. They always just wanted me to have fun. And they were there if I needed help or wanted advice, but um, they never pushed me to do it. It was always something that I wanted to do. Um, and, and I think it helps that my dad has been a really good golfer, and so he understands, you know, you have to do mm-hmm. things for yourself. And, and with golf, you have to sometimes 
fail to learn. Um, and so I think that that's the most important thing is when you're starting out, you just have to have fun and not take it so seriously. Yeah, I, I, I think that's such great advice. I've had uh, a number of uh, LPJ professionals that I've spoken to over the years who um, particularly work with junior golfers, and I mean real junior golfers, not the 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, but the 3, 4, mm-hmm. 5-year-old uh, you know, little gaffers that come to the course. And, of course, it's a much different process. You're not teaching them the grip and swing and things at that stage. Um, and one of the things, one of their pet peeves is exactly what you just said is that, you know, they have these parents that just come out there and they're push, 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 push. And I hate to say this and I hate to put blame anywhere, but I think, you know, people look at somebody like Tiger Woods, who was three years old and, you know, on a national television mm-hmm. show, you know, with a putter and they think, okay, I want my kid to be like Tiger. And so they're out there and they're like helicopter parents and they're just hovering. And it gets to the point where the kid just says, you know what, I ain't doing this. You know, if you want to play yeah. golf and you want to play, go, make it to tour, uh, you know, have at it, but this ain't for me. And I think that deters a lot, especially younger people, uh, because it is, a t- and you can attest it, it's a tough game. It can be very, very tough, but it can also be a lot of fun if you give it a chance and if you don't take it so serious that, you know what, I mean, who hasn't hit a, you know, whiffed a shot and laughed at themselves that I can't believe I just did that. So, you know, you have to be willing right. to laugh at yourself a little bit, you know, along the way, or you shank one or you do something else. Um, so what would you, I think, as you look forward to the 2022 season, you're going to be out in the LPGA now, you're going to be playing with, uh, you know, you're going to have to take that game up even another notch because you're going to be playing with, you know, against people like Lexi Thompson and, and Brooke Henderson and, you know, all of these other young ladies that are out there that have got some solid games and they've got some chops out of the LPGA Tour. Um, is there anything that you feel you're going to have to really step up in your game? Uh, or do you think as far as your physical part of the game, you're pretty much where you need to be? It's just a matter of, as you said, keeping that mental focus where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just really excited for the opportunity to be out there and compete against the best players in the world. But I would say the difference in their games overall versus the Symmetra Tour is they're just consistently making more putts. And so I've mm-hmm. had rounds where I make everything I look at, and then I have rounds where I can't make anything. <laughs> so I think just <laughs> getting those rounds a little bit better, just consistently making one or two more putts around. And over the course of a right. four-day tournament, that's four or five shots. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that could be the difference in making the cut or could be the difference in coming in the top 10. I mean, four or five shots is a lot. So um, that's my biggest focus now. And then just continuing on the mental side, because now it's going to be more elevated, um, more things going on that can distract you from the actual tournament. Yeah. I I think that's again, some great, and, 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 you know, it's great insight on your part as well. And obviously that comes with time and experience as you have played out in the Symmetra Tour and you've learned uh, to manage your time and learn to uh, handle yourself appropriately out in the golf course and not just, again, making the shots that you needed to make, but just mentally handling yourself. And that's not an easy task, especially when you're hopping from course to course every week and, 
and um, and and then you're you know having to figure out okay what am I going to eat what am I going to do where am I going to stay um, and you're doing that you know the LPJ is a little bit different you're going to find this out obviously there are some advantages uh, playing out in the LPJ tour uh, travel and that is a little bit uh, you know nicer in some ways you're not having to always drive everywhere you can fly a little bit mm-hmm. easier and also. Um, there's just some extra perks that come along with it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for somebody like yourself. As you look down the road, has the thought ever come upon you where, um, you know, I'm going to play for however many years I'm going to play. Um, have you ever thought or toyed with the idea of, you know what, I wouldn't mind maybe one day a little bit later in my career actually teaching the game? You know, I thought about it, and everybody always asks. Um, but I, I just I, I don't have the eye for it. <laughs> um, you know, I did ask for swing advice, and and I I try to sure. help, but I just um, I'm more of a feel player. So for me, going on with my swing, um, but I can't feel what's going on with somebody else's swing, and and I just don't want to steer people in the wrong direction. So I get kind of nervous right. giving advice. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say never, but, um, I, I think it would be hard to be that close to the game and not be playing myself. Well, you know, I look at somebody like a Nancy Lopez who's still playing on the legends tour. I mean, she played for many mm-hmm. years, uh, of course, as you know, on the, the LPJ tour and, uh, some years ago they came out with the legends tour, which is of course the equivalent, um, to the men's champions tour. So she's still out playing, uh, and I think I think that's great. And, and you know, just to I guess just to add to what you're saying, I think everybody's different. Um, just because you are a good golfer doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a great teacher, and vice versa. There's a lot of great exactly. teacher professionals out there that know the game inside out, but you throw them out on, a, on an LPGA or a PGA tour event, and it ain't going to happen. So you know, I think we all have a, a skill set. Um, and we have to zero in on that. And yours just happens to be that you're a, a really good and accomplished player, and I think you're going to do very, very well. So when you, what are you going to do, if anything? You're obviously going to take some time off now that uh, you finish the Symmetra season. Um, when are you going to start working on preparation for your first event and um, what is going to be your first event on the on the 22 uh, LPGA Tour season? Do you know yet? Um, I don't fully know yet. I don't think they've released the official um, schedule. Okay. But I, I believe it'll be late January um, when right. I get into an event. So I took two weeks off right at the end of the season. But I've already started back up and started to pair because um, – you know, it's only two months away, so it's coming up quick. There's, <laughs> there's not too long of an off season um, with the golf schedule, but um, you know, I, I'm taking days off here and there. But you never know with the weather these days, so you kind of have to take advantage right. when you can. Um, but I'm excited. It was nice to have a little bit of a break, uh, a mental break, really, just from thinking about golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm excited to get going again and and see what happens next year. What do you do when you're not playing golf besides resting? Obviously, you have to have some rest as well. Um, I, I mentioned earlier you have uh, a few hobbies that you like. 
Um, what do you like to do for fun? When you're not playing golf, when forget the Symmetra, forget the LPJ, whatever, what are you doing to have some fun? Um, so I've actually gotten into cooking and baking a lot. Um, I, I think because I don't really get to do it on the road. So when I am home, right. that I enjoy doing that. Um, and my fiance, he's a resident, and so he's been on call a lot. So I've been making food for him to bring in and eat. Um, so that's kept me pretty busy the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> but I, I just love going out to eat, and <laughs> there's a food <laughs> a food thing going on. Right. But um, I love going out to eat and just seeing my <laughs> friends because I just don't get to see them when I'm gone. It's just it's right. almost like the little things are fun when you're home because when you're gone for half the year, you don't get to – cook in your own kitchen or you know you just don't get to enjoy the things that normal people get to every single day (laughs) right yeah and and it's funny too because those are some of the again similar things that i hear with um you know from some of the other girls that we've had on the show uh over the years and i think the other thing too and you know i imagine this is something equally as important for you is making friends and having those friendships out on tour because you don't your, your normal friends and I, and I hate to use this analogy but your normal friends or friends that you grew up with and that you're not getting to see as much as you used to because you're traveling all the time so you have to have a connection when you're out on tour with some of the other players perhaps um, and maybe even if you're staying some some of them that stay with a family here and there have actually developed friendships with mm-hmm. that family that they're staying with um, was that something that happened for you? Did you make, obviously I'm assuming you made some friends out on tour and that, uh, are you close with anyone that you met uh, on tour that you guys sort of help, you know, pick one another up when, when times are down and, and just somebody to, to chat with when, uh, when you're in between uh, shots, so to speak. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I would say I have a lot of friends out on tour because that's who you see week in and week out. Um, right. And they understand the lifestyle. So I, I, sometimes I feel like I live two separate lives because I have my life out on tour with all my golf friends Mm -hmm. and host families and all that. And then I have my life at home where my friends, um, they don't play golf at all. So I don't talk about golf at all. with them. Um, so it, it is a bit odd, but it's kind of nice to have the two, um, the two separate and and you can talk about a wide range of things. Um, but I would say most, most people get close with other players on tour just because you're, you're seeing them all the time and Mm -hmm. they're there experiencing the same thing that you are. And it's almost um, somebody equated it to a traveling circus because every week we're somewhere new, but it's the same people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to, uh, good, good way to put it. Uh, And you're, you're exactly right. um, Allison, because you know, those people can relate a little bit easier than the folks at home because they go through the same thing that you're going through week in, week out. They're having the ups and downs. They're having the successes and, and um, you know, the failures or the difficulties, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they can relate to that where it's a little bit hard to, you know, not that they don't have empathy back home, but they, they're not in the same, they're not in the thick of things as you are. Um, so it's a little bit harder for them to now your dad may be a little bit different because he, he knows, you know, the pitfalls of golf. Um, so he can probably relate a little bit easier, but some of your friends that, you know, aren't into golf, uh, it's pretty hard to explain to them. Well, you know, I, 
you know, had a tough time last week in the back nine, and they're like, what are you talking about, right? So um, <laughs> it's good to have that camaraderie on the thing. So uh, last question, um, personal one. So when is the big day? Have you guys set a date yet? We have, um, April 23rd. Coming up quicker wow. than I would like. We are not ready at all, but that's okay. It'll come together. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to have some help preparing because you're going to be playing out some golf, and I don't imagine you're going to be uh, picking out bridesmaid dresses and things like that, or your wedding dress for that matter, uh, while you're out in the, on the, uh, the LPJ tour. So you're going to have to have some help with that. So I'm sure you have lots of friends and family that will be able to do that. But um, Allison, it's a pleasure. Congratulations all the way around uh, your success uh, on the Smetra and now uh, heading to the LPJ and congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Uh, I wish both of you all the best and keep cooking, keep baking. And um, I think you'll uh, I think you'll do very well. But thank you very much for joining me this morning on the Women of Golf. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. Good luck next year. Thanks. Bye. All right. That was uh, Allison Emery, um, graduate from the Symmetra Tour, now heading out to the LPGA Tour next year and uh, hopefully she will uh, get some more wins under her belt and I think she's got a good attitude as uh, I think you can all attest to that you've been tuning into the show and uh, I think she'll do very well. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to introduce our second guest Val Patrick. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right. I'm very excited to have join me uh, the second half of the show. She's uh, been a guest on our program before, and uh, she's agreed to come back and continue some of the conversation. Uh, of course, I'm talking about uh, LPGA Class A golf professional Val Patrick. Uh, she began uh, very early in life. Uh, her father actually uh, introduced her to the game, took her to a golf course where she met a, another gentleman by the name of Art Pryor, uh, who worked with her and helped coach her. Uh, he was the owner of Parmore Golf Course and Driving Range, one of the most unique uh, golf facilities in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, she played junior golf and consistently ranked among the top five in the state. Uh, he helped her with every part of her game, which ultimately led to a career as an LPGA teacher professional. So please welcome back uh, to Women of Golf, a uh, very special guest, Val Patrick. Good morning, Val. Good morning, How are you? Good morning, I'm good. Thank um, you so much. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you back, and my apologies. Unfortunately, um, I don't know if you caught earlier in the program or not, but uh, Cindy was catching a very uh, red, red eye, for lack of better terms, flight uh, in early this morning, and uh, she sends her apologies that she's not able to join us uh, uh, today. She just uh, uh, zonked out, I guess, is, is the best way to put oh. it. But, uh, so, you're, well, so you're stuck with me, but I, I think we'll have fun anyways. 
I'm sure we'll have a good conversation here. She's been pretty busy the last uh, week or so. I think she was at a tournament down in Florida. And um, yes. So I, I'm happy to uh, to have this time with you today and and to be back on the on the show. Well, I appreciate it, and we're, I'm glad to have you uh, to join me. So I wanted to, to talk to you about something. I came across, um, of course, I know you've been involved with the First Tee uh, in Seattle, and I was reading something uh, that uh, you talk about on their website uh, about growing up and, and obviously uh, some of the struggles that you had with, of course, your dad uh, was diagnosed with cancer uh, when you were very young still, and what was interesting about what I was reading is despite what he was going through, he had instilled upon you the fact that he wanted you to go ahead and do what you wanted to do, what you needed to do. You obviously had by that time had been introduced to the game of golf and uh, had been working on some different things. And from what I'm gathering, and please correct me if I'm incorrect, but there was probably some moments where you thought, you know, should I be doing this? I don't know. Maybe I need to be at home and be helping out or whatever. And he said, you know, Val, no, I want you. This is an opportunity for you. Um, you know, this is about you right now, and I'm going to be okay, essentially. So tell us a little bit about that because – and I know obviously that's uh, – I'm sure was some very difficult times uh, for your family – but uh, maybe you could share about that. I found it very, very interesting that despite what he was going through, his focus as a parent was what was best for his children, what he felt was going to be beneficial to them moving forward. Maybe you could share a little bit with that. Sure. Thank you, uh, Ted, for kind of bringing that uh, forward. I wasn't quite prepared for that this morning, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we it's all right. We pivot and we... we uh, we uh, just face it, and I can talk about it. Um, my dad was, um, you know, he was a hardworking man. He always had two jobs, but he he made sure that my, you know, my mom had, you know, everything she needed when we first learned of his diagnosis. And um, mm-hmm. my my training and my my passionate you know, everything that I had in golf uh, encompassed, you know, my dad. And when he were, he found Art Pryor, um, he mm-hmm. knew that Art Pryor was the one that was just going to kind of take over and make, um, you know, make good decisions for me. And so we got to a place where no matter what, uh, my dad knew where I was and that mm-hmm. – you know, but trying to make that decision that it was, I wasn't being selfish, but I knew that I was out there doing something because my dad wanted me to do it. So, um, right. yes, it, it was a push-pull. There's no question. Um, right. And making him, making him uh, see my accomplishments and uh, that, that brought him joy. So, mm-hmm. you know, what better way could I thank him for everything he gave me in the game of golf and, and taught me so I could give back to him uh, to watch what I enjoyed doing. Um, yeah, and he obviously, 
yeah, and he obviously enjoyed that for you. I mean, it's very evident in in um, in, in your comments on the site um, that this was something that that again he relished, he enjoyed, and he was able to appreciate the many accomplishments. I mean, you, you obviously, as you went through high school, uh, and then you know you went on to collegiate. And then here you are, you know, some years later, you've been a teaching professional now for a number of years. So he was, you know, for, for a good part of that, was able to see that sort of coming to fruition. And what, again, what better gift that you could give was for him to see you realizing your dreams um, uh, as a parent. So, um, you know, that really is a testament to the man that he was um, for mm-hmm. him to recognize that you know that hey if you go out there and apply yourself and and work hard and do all the things that I've taught you up to that point you can accomplish anything and and here you are you've done just that so kudos to you for for doing that for following through mm-hmm. and kudos to him for uh putting you on that path um so I'm going to switch and I apologize for for um uh hitting you with that first thing uh but I I, I just was very touched by that because I think it's just such a, a wonderful story and you know, we need to hear more things like that. I think we're, you know, not so much and obviously very sorry that, that he had to go through some of the things that he did, but just the fact that this just goes to show you how important his family was to him, that he wanted you all to, to be able to do the things that you wanted to do uh, moving forward. But um, so it, obviously that's a very inspirational story, and I know it, it's uh, very close to the heart for you. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll... We'll switch gears now, and we'll we'll move past that. But I thank you for for taking the time to share a little bit about that oh, oh, um, with that. So sure. So, as you look back on this season, um, obviously last year we talked about this when you were on uh, the show earlier. You know, last year was was kind of a, a an odd season because we've been dealing with this pandemic um, for so long now, and um, but one of the I guess the and I hate to use this analogy, but positives that came out of it was that golf being one of the very few activities that people could get out of the house and do uh, that seemed to be a little safer than the rest um, really caused an uptick. Um, Have you noticed, uh, and and people playing is what I was getting at, have you noticed in Mm -hmm. 2021 that that level is still there, that there's still a lot more people uh, coming to the game, playing the game as a residual of, of the pandemic last year, or is it starting to level off a little bit uh, in your estimation? Oh, that's a great question, Ted. Um, In comparing 2020 to this year, uh, the uptick has continued, at least in in Mm -hmm. our area. Um, I will say that in the, uh, I I did work the first T classes all season, uh, all year, and every class um, was at capacity, and the first tee mm-hmm. did a did a great job. Where we put we had to put extra um, coaches on for the ratio of coaches to students, but we were we were at capacity with waiting lists in every class at oh some uh, at least ten maybe twelve courses in our Puget Sound area. So, you know, and that's just kids. So um, Mm -hmm. 
that was one sector that then there were um, I managed to run a ladies night um, where I teach and the numbers kept growing I mean you know it would start at 10 then it would jump to 12 and then the next week it would be 14 and then it would be 16 and it was like where are all these women coming from <laughs> and it was you know a great problem to have and so that kind of um you know is is a testimonial to the uptick still in in a trajectory that you know we just want to get to that point where i I don't know if it's going to plateau um but that growth is is absolutely astounding and you know we are continuing to do ladies nights and it's um you know it might be it might be 48 or 49 degrees this evening by the time the class starts at six o'clock so um it doesn't matter our temperature is um you know they they show up and they they are there for an hour of you know instruction and social and um just learning whatever whatever I can teach them so it's just been a real mm. a real fun thing you know all of a sudden to just continue this wave of um increasing interest and providing providing instruction to people that want to learn i mean when you have people that want to learn that is that is an audience that you know who who doesn't want that as a teacher so it's a very uh it's it's still very exciting, and you know I I you can tell I guess I'm I'm amazed, but I <laughs> am energized as well. You know it uh, keeps me keeps me going, keeps me sharp, and you know how many weeks? Let's see. Oh gosh, I, maybe we're going on 30 weeks now, and you know trying to find mm. a new topic every week. We there's a lot to talk about in golf, so. Um, they, they, they have come every week and say, I never knew that before. So it's, uh, good when I can teach people something they've never heard before. So that's a good thing. Well, and, and, you know, it's exactly Well, you know, Val, there, there is so much to learn in golf. I mean, you could for years and years and years, you can never find uh, run out of things to to um, to teach somebody, and that's one of the beauties of this game because it's it's ever changing. There's always uh, new and and wonderful ways of of approaching the game that always seem to come to fruition every season. Um, so there's always new things that you can always bring to the table. I don't know if you had a chance. I know um, that you were listening in a little bit to uh, the earlier conversation with uh, the young lady I had on, Allison Emery. She's a, a graduate from the Symmetra Tour. She's heading out to the LPGA. And I made a statement to her about um, this 2020 during the pandemic when you would think that, you know, there would be uh, a lot of negatives about golf, but there was actually uh, a little over 400,000 new women to the game in 2020, right smack dab in the middle of this pandemic. And that's a big, big number. Um, Obviously, you're seeing in your uh, circle, if you will, some new golfers as well. What are some of the comments that you're getting from the new people coming into the game that maybe have never played before? What's their biggest hurdle? What is it? Obviously, they want to learn how to play, but what is their biggest fear, do you think, um, 
taking up this game? What are they concerned about? What are some of the, the feedback that you're getting from some of the new golfers coming in that maybe have never picked up a club before? Sure. And um, thank you. Uh, Allison Emery, uh, she was a real uh, – She's she's going to be a fun player to watch in 2022. Just this mm-hmm. kind of circle back to her. I'm I'm really looking forward to yep. that. Um, so the the thing about women that are coming into the game, you know, they don't they really all they know is that their their significant others will go out and they play once or twice a week, and they mm-hmm. come home and talk about a game, and then they're wondering what is this golf all about. So. You know, they say, right. okay, I'm going to go learn. They come and they learn, and their biggest fear, I think, what I hear is that they they don't want to make mistakes. They want to learn the right sure. way, and but they don't know where to start. So that's the brand, brand new right. golfer. The, the players that mm-hmm. are, they've had a little bit of experience, um, they don't want to hold people up on the course. They want to. They want to know what the rules are. They want to know um, uh, how do I how do I book a tee time? You know, I mean, so many mm-hmm. things. Where's where can I go meet other people to play with? Um, so, in in our area, and especially with me, I've been fortunate to know all of the local women's golf leagues around the area and associations, so I can. Mm-hmm point people in certain directions and get them connected. And um, that's been a, 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 a real uh, networking jewel, if you will, because when you know how to connect people, then you're putting people where they belong, not where they think they belong. And from a skill level, I would say. So you can put a new golfer in a league that isn't as competitive as you might put a skilled golfer that wants more competition into something like the LPG amateur. So, you know, having that range of um, availability in our areas has been a real plus. So I've been able to put people in, get people in the right place where they feel comfortable after they learn, you know, the basics of, you know, how do I stand, how do I swing, how do I score, you know, all those things. Right. You know, I have, have a, a very, I'll keep it brief, but a very funny story. Years ago, um, when I used to go out and play a little bit more, I don't have as much time to play as I'd like to, but I used to always enjoy trying to join in. If I, w- if I wasn't playing with my friends, I would, you know, go up to the local golf course that I played at, and I would jump in with, uh, I'd look for specifically a you know, twosome or threesome of women to play with because I enjoyed playing with them more that I actually did jumping in with the groups of guys. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> First off the bat, if, if they didn't play very much, the women right from the get say, you know what, we, we don't play a lot. We're not really that great, but, you know, hopefully we won't hold you up. They were very humble, very honest, right up. The guys wouldn't say anything. We'd get out there, and the first few bad shots, the excuse train started coming out. Well, you know, I didn't get a good night's sleep last night. You know, all oh. of the excuses <laughs> would come out playing with the guys. You know, well, maybe I had a couple too many last night, so I'm feeling a little under the weather. Never heard that from the ladies. The ladies were very honest with back, said, you know, we're not great players. <laughs> we'll try not to hold you up. And I said, let's just go out and have fun. And we did. Every single time we had fun. And hopefully they learned a few things along the way. But, um, but that was 
the one thing I noticed playing in the different groups is that the women were much more honest than the guys were, and I didn't get a, a bunch of excuses from them. But um, so tell us a little bit about some of the programs. You, you mentioned some some general things that that you try to do in that, but um, how long do the programs run? Um, and you know, is it a, a you know like a three week program? Uh, for each group, or how long do they work, and is there different levels that they can participate in? How does that work? Sure. So, on our, um, you know, I, I do run Operation Thirty Six classes for uh, junior golfers up to uh, seventeen, and then uh, same LPGA Golf One Hundred and One, um, and also Operation Thirty Six for new women golfers, and you know. Mm-hmm. The Operation 36 and the LPGA Golf 101, you know, they're they're built to have a feedback system where they, you know, they have to do a skill, they have to, you know, perform it, and if we teach it, they train, then we test. So there's a, a sequence of learning, and you know, mm. and and that's how you measure your improvement. If you don't have a way to measure your improvement, then how do you know you're getting better? So, you know, once I build the programs out, I say, so this would be a new golfer class. You know, it's going to be six weeks. Right. Once you're once once you get through this one, then we're going to go to the next level. And and people will, you know go through that basic class, they'll take some time off, and then they'll come back and they'll say, okay, I'm ready for the next level. So then I put them in an intermediate group. So um, most most classes do very well. People do very well if it's a four to six weeks. If it gets to be eight weeks, sometimes that's a little long. And, yeah. you know, now that we're going into winter here, um, I've kind of pared down to, to a four-week, and I'll finish up. Uh, just before just before Thanksgiving. So um, mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, I, I just kind of move people along from new golfer, um, moderate, intermediate to more skilled level, and you know, just just work what they want to do and offer what mm-hmm. they need and and what they want to get into. So whether it's competitive, whether it's social, whether it's just recreation, you know, they're going to travel with a group of friends, they're going to be snowbirds, you know, they're going to go south and, right. and for the winter and come back. So um, that, that's pretty much the, the, the way that I schedule the, the, the programs. Yeah, I think that's a great way too because it it gives them the opportunity to come in at whatever level that they may be at at, at present. So if they're a beginning golfer, you've got some beginner classes, and then obviously as they progress, um, then you have some more advanced uh, opportunities for them as well. And I think that's a good idea too to have them, you know, that core, kind of four to six because I think once they, I mean, even out on tour, you talk to some of the, the young girls out on tour when they get too many tournaments back to back, they get burnt out. And then sure. when you get to that point where you're you're getting too much going on, then it sort of kicks in where you start to lose interest because you, it's just too much and you got to have a break. And, and I think it's good for some of the, the women that you mentioned that take a break before they go to the next level too, you know, because you got to have other things. I mean, as much as we love golf, uh, you know, there's other aspects of life too that we have to attend to. And sometimes <laughs> it's just nice to have a little bit of a downtime. 
What do you think, and you've had Absolutely. to obviously, uh, you know, yeah, you've had a number of years to, to work with a lot of different uh, golfers of various different levels. Um, so you've had many conversations with them. What do you think for most people, particularly, obviously, I'm the beginners, but there may be some more advanced players that might even have it. What do you think is the most misunderstood part of golf to people? What is it that they don't get? as you see them coming out and mm-hmm. practicing and getting ready for their lessons and whatnot, what is it that you've noticed, uh, or maybe even you know, if you've played in uh, pro-ams or other events and things like that with, with amateurs, um, what is it do you think that they don't get sometimes? Well, that's a great question, kid. Um, you know, I want to kind of circle back a little bit just with, um, mm-hmm. you know, many – Many players, um, and mostly the women, don't really understand that equipment matters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some will come to the lesson tee and they'll, um, you know, I've had a few this this summer, this season, that, you know, a woman comes out to the lesson tee, she's got her brand new clubs, and it's a brand new bag of shiny, you know, I'll mm-hmm. just say the, the top brands, and she's got this lady set, um, and she's five foot seven, and, you know, right. I look at how she's going to pull her, her seven iron out, and it's like, okay, so my first question is, do you feel hunched over? <laughs> and, well, it's not these brand new clubs, so... I'm like, okay, so there's this thing about getting fit for equipment. And I think that's probably the most misunderstood, you know, right out of the gate, that women have have had this, um, it's either a, you know, a hand-me-down set that's too heavy, too right. stiff, um, and age, age to the point where maybe they might be 20 years old. Um, so it's it's the equipment. So we, when we look at the equipment factor first, which isn't, it, it's only a part of it, and then we look at the human skills, and then we look at, okay, so there's, have you played any other sports? And it's like, no, I've never played any other sports. It's like, okay, so here we go into, <laughs> well, there's some physicality things that we need to address. And, and so, you know, kind of pulling all of that together is um, kind of the the you know, it's just the most important part for a, for a golf professional to really kind of teach. You, you start to teach the whole person of, you know, we need the equipment. Here's what we need to do from an athletic standpoint and, and just get them, you know, 100%. It, it, it's an education. You know, learning golf is an education. It's not a, it's not a one-time thing where you go out and go, oh, I think I'm going to go learn how to play golf tonight. <laughs> it's a, you have right. to keep at it. And so I guess that's the, um, you know, kind of the one one thing that I see a lot of. But it's been the next the next to that is keeping them engaged. And so once I hook mm-hmm. them with, okay, we've got to have the right equipment, um, then it, it, it just kind of snowballs from there and, and I can keep them coming back week after week. Yeah, and that's a really great point that I think so many amateur golfers particularly and and our high-handicap golfers really 
miss the boat on. They come out, they say, well, I've been working on this, I've been doing that, or I'm really excited to do that, and you look in the bag, and they're playing you know, with a set that's, like you said, 20 years old. The grooves are, are pretty much gone. Um, the grips are, are slick. They're, you know, they haven't been replaced in a while, and they're just either too heavy, too short, too whatever, and mm-hmm. they wonder why they, they can't you know, play very well. And you know, I always equate it to you know, other tools of, of other trades, whether it be construction or so. I mean, you don't go uh, to put a, a, um, a screw in with a hammer. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's a screwdriver, right. so you have to have the right tools, right? And, uh, you know, Correct. hammers are, are, go with nails, you know, nails and things like that. And, you know, if you want to finish a surface, well, you use sandpaper. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that people don't um, – understand and and it's not really their own fault i mean they've never played before perhaps and they're just trying to do whatever they can and and some of them and i i don't blame them maybe don't want to um invest a lot of money yet until they see whether they're going to like it so they say well i don't really want to buy a brand new set and i don't want to get fitted and do all these things till i know if i'm going to even like it first so i can understand that Mm -hmm. um but the really the really nice thing is that most golf courses uh and most facilities do have um, where you can rent some some clubs and you can so you can kind of you know get a feel that way and maybe get something that's a little bit more suited for you until you you get an idea. But I agree. I think equipment is a huge one. I see so many people, especially women, coming and they're playing you know with an old set their husband had or something like that. And the thing you know it's like I mean I know this is an exaggeration, but it's like lifting a fifty pound dumbbell. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. They're just not going to be successful. So, uh, I think you're right. What are you looking forward to most in 2022 as we get ready to go into a new season? You're, I know you're still wrapping up this season a little bit. Um, but is there anything special that you've got planned that you're looking forward to, to doing next year? Well, I'm uh, looking forward to 2022. I've, um, actually, I'm just going to do a little plug here. I'm, I've thrown my mm-hmm. name out to the uh, our western section is to run for our uh, section secretary position. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the possibility that I can serve our LPGA in, in our western section. So I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to that. Um, next, I'm looking forward to uh, the U.S. Senior Women's Qualifier. So, you know, it's, uh, we don't know where we're qualifying yet, but it's always it's always out there it's a goal and it still keeps me in the competitive circle and helps me keep my game sharp because i think it's important for an instructor to also be able to demonstrate to the student versus mm-hmm. um you know no i'm not a player i just teach well i think you know for right women women and girls need a role model and uh, if i can hit a golf yep. ball still as as well as they need to see it, I'm happy. So um, U.S. Yep. Senior Women's Open Qualifier next year, that's my goal. Well, good luck with both of those. I think the, those are some uh, great goals to have for 2022, and I wish you much success on both of them. Well, I hate to say it, Val, but our time is, is out, um, and I'm going to give you just a, a moment or two if you want just to let the folks know if they want to reach out to you. I know it's wrapping up a season here, but they may be able to communicate with you and get ready for next season. Um, uh, what's the best way that they can contact you? Is there a website and, and so forth that they can reach out? Sure. Thank you. Um, my website is Val Patrick golf. 
Facebook.com, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you can get all the information you need there. And just a shout-out to Cindy and um, mm-hmm. uh, her family. They just uh, celebrated their 40th anniversary. So, um, Yes. Happy, yeah, happy anniversary to them. So, and thank yeah, you, Ted. That's I right. really appreciate this conversation this morning. It's, it's, it's Not been a- very good to talk with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been an honor to have you on. And we'll have you back again. And this time, um, I'll make sure Cindy uh, doesn't take the red eye home and uh, is able to be uh, bright and cheery on the show. And I'm going to keep my mouth shut and let her uh, have a chat with you the next time. But Val, thank you very much for coming on. You're a a blessing to have in the industry. And uh, keep up the great work. And good luck next season, uh, not only with teaching, but with uh, some of your other goals that you're putting out there as well. Uh, I think the LPGA... Uh, organization would be certainly well served to make you a secretary there. So um, thank you very much and have a great season and all the best to you in the holidays. Thank you. Uh, Happy holidays to you as well, Ted, and your family. We'll talk again. All right. Thank you, Val. Bye-bye. All right. That was Val Patrick, LPJ Class A golf professional, uh, joining me and uh, getting ready to wrap up her season. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed the show. I uh, loved having uh, both uh, the ladies on the, on the program. It's always a pleasure to, to get uh, some uh, players' perspective and also uh, somebody from the teaching uh, division side as well. Always good to get their information uh, and, and input into the game as well. All right, next week uh, it will be me again. As I mentioned, Cindy will be off uh, again next week, but we'll have some great guests for you anyways. So I hope you come back and listen to the show, and I will see you next time right here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.